If you are an estate agent, letting agent, or someone who is interested in the property market, then this, the UK Property Market Stats Show, is for you. My name is Chris Watkin, and each week I'm joined by a special guest. This week it's Ian White, who is no stranger to the show. We'll come to Ian in a second. And the purpose of this show is to talk about what's happening in the UK property market and regional markets right here, right now. We look at the number of listings that are coming on the market and the average price, the price reductions and the sales agreed um, and sales falling through. Why is this important? Because certain indexes like the land registry are using data that is six or nine months old. We can foretell what's going to be happening to such indices uh, and the property market months and months in advance by looking at the top end of the funnel. By looking at the number of properties coming on the market, if there's too many coming on the market, supply and demand means house prices will drop. If not enough is coming on and the houses are selling, then it goes the other way. So buckle up, listen in, and let us enjoy week 41. And as I said, this week, I'm joined by Ian White. Ian White used to be boss man of uh, Romans, who are a large Berkshire and M4 corridor estate agent, and now is mentor and guide to some of the biggest and smallest estate agents in the UK. What this man doesn't know about estate agency is certainly not worth uh, writing about. So uh, Ian, thanks for joining me today, guru of all estate agency. How are you today, my friend? Good morning, Chris. Uh, yes, no, very good, very good. Uh, fresh after the uh, England qualification for the Euro, so that's nice and exciting. Uh, it's it's early, so uh, I've yet to have my caffeine dose, but uh, oh, yeah, very good, very good, in fact. Bless you. So we're filming this on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday the 18th of October, and it'll be coming out on uh, Friday the 20th. So uh, for the purposes of this, this is week 41, which was Monday the 9th of October through to Sunday the uh, 15th of October inclusive. And I think what we'll do straight away, Ian, is dive into the stats. So here we go. So as we always, we start with listings and I'll just spend a couple of seconds just going through these and then you can have a look. So listings this week, um, we can see on the first graph here, the uh, pink line is this year and then the orange dots were 19, the turquoise are 18 and the bluey green, I must get that number uh, color change, they're very similar to 17. Year to date, we are on 1.337 million listings. And you can see that on the screen, we are slightly ahead of other years, apart from 2018. The average price of a property that's come on the market, £444,000. Um, and the number of instructions, 30,628. And you can see on the screen, that's quite comparable to where we were um, in other years. So, Ian, fire away. Well, I, th I, th I think, Chris, as, as, as has been happening for a little while now, with a few blips here and there, we're, we're, we're in a fairly normal phase now. I mean, I think I think the market is normalising in terms of prices. I think agents are getting to, to grips with um, agents and their clients. You know, the conversation around the correct pricing is an easier one to have, because I think everybody accepts that the, that the market's uh, subdued on the price front from where it was at the peak. Um, I think we all accept that drop is real. Uh, we all accept it's nowhere near as big as perhaps some some of the naysayers would say. So I think we're just then entering into a fairly normal pattern. Um, you know, instructions are reasonable. Estate agents are carrying good stock. Um, 
you know, so there is massive opportunity for buyers to buy. There's opportunity for the estate agents to earn their commissions as long as you, as long as you do your job well to to get the pricing correct, the marketing strategy correct, the communication correct. Um, you know, at the moment the draws are laden with opportunity, aren't they? So it's uh, it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty good, if not slightly unusual, set of circumstances. But it but it's it it, it all looks pretty rosy from, from my perspective. I mean, certainly, if you look at the pink line on that graph there, you can quite clearly see that there's some form of tonality in terms of what happens. You know, you have a quiet start in Jan, then we have a pretty steady spring, then we have the ups and downs of the bank holidays, Easter's, and then we have a slow drift off during the summer, a dip down for Easter uh, for summer bank uh, August bank holiday, and then off we go. And again, you know, listings this week, 30,628. Last week, 32, 32, 32, 34, 34, 26. So it's following a normal pattern. And I think estate agents, if you'd have said at the start of the year with the cards that were presently on the table, then you'd have probably taken that, wouldn't you? Um, Anything else on listings before we move on to price changes? No, just just double if if it's an estate agent that's watching this this uh, this podcast or this this webinar is is you know the opportunity is real. Your draws are full of opportunity. Make sure you connect buyers to your properties, properties to your buyers, market them properly because um, sales will generate interest from other sellers to come and take part in in moving. And I think that's absolutely vital. Is if you put the right properties on the right price, you'll rat out the other sellers that are waiting for that right property. Um, and again you know regular watchers of this show will actually say to think to themselves well well chris you're almost saying the same thing every week yeah because that's what like estate agency is about we're not you know if you come to this show for spikes and weird stuff then that's not what it's about the market at the moment is just plowing its own furrow uh price changes um our price changes this week 23,600, which is, um, you know, to give you an idea, the price changes that were taking place at the start of the year were hovering around the 16 or 17,000 mark. In the summer, they were around 23,000. She dipped down when everyone went on holiday in August. And for the last few weeks, the average has been 24,245. The average price of a property being reduced is 410,000. You can see here that on the graph that, um, those are the years of the average price of properties being reduced. So again, the bigger properties are selling because certainly house prices have certainly not risen by that sort of amount from uh, three sixteen to four three one in the last uh, four four years. Um, any thoughts on price reductions before we move on to gross sales? No, I, th- I think the the slight spike in reductions is 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 an inevitable. Uh, you know, as as the tail of a state agency wakes up to the fact that suddenly their ins don't match their outs, um, and their costs are exceeding their, their bankings, um, they they have to turn to their stock levels to to generate sales. And 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 up until now, there is a tail of our industry that's been very slow to respond, react. Um, and are halving now, you know, needs must. Um, in addition to which, I think some of the sellers are reacting. You know, they've had their house on the market now for a period of time. They're they're perhaps driving that agenda as well. So um I, I expect that that number of reductions to remain fairly solid. But I think it's really important to to, to I'm not so sure this is a reduction in house prices. I think this is a reduction in wrongly priced houses being now correctly assessed. Um <laughs> it's interesting i i get the data of what stuff's actually selling for pound per square foot 
and the pound per square foot at ex, at um, say the greed matches the pound per square foot at completion or using the land registry figures, albeit there's a six month gap. So by so if you mat, if you take the two and move the salt of the contract data seven months on, it matches within a correlation of about 97, 98%. And it's interesting is, is that house prices peaked in the spring, uh, peaked last summer. She dropped down and she's starting to rise slightly. Yeah, I think I think we've probably, you know, subject to what does and doesn't happen with headline interest rates, I think we've probably seen the back end of, of real price reductions. What we're now seeing is overpriced property either coming off the market or being correctly priced now that that looks like uh, a decline in property prices but as you quite rightly point out the only the only property prices you can compare for an absolute decline in property prices is completion prices um, and those are those have remained stable now for quite some time they have i mean the land registry um about compared to three months ago we're about two percent up depending and that's this plus or minus one percent depending where you are in the country but do remember these are nominal headline prices in real prices obviously they are still dropping so again that's a great way for people hanging back saying should i be jumping on the property market when in real type prices they are coming down um and if you and, and again let's not go down that rabbit hole of nominal versus real again if you want to go down that rabbit hole just go to google the difference between nominal prices and real prices right uh sales agreed and this week um the number of sales agreed was 20,596 which is almost identical to the weeks before so at 20,616 and um 215 the week before and 20,800 the week before that it's it steady as you go, isn't it? For sales. Yes, but also we're seeing uh, what you can't pick up through these stats is obviously the difference between a, a house that's being sold and having its status changed to sold on the portals that the vendor hasn't found. And therefore the agents might not be counting it as a deal because most agents would count a deal as, you know, closed chain, top and bottom, solicitors instructed. Um, but we are seeing a lot of those open chain deals starting to close, i.e., the vendors are now finding because either more properties coming on or, or properties coming down to meet their expectation. So I'm seeing deals that were put together a few weeks, a few months ago, suddenly becoming real deals with solicitors instructed. But that won't show on these figures because I think these are taken from the status change from for sale to sold. They uh, are. And, and most agents would do that at the point the offer is accepted. Um, not when the vendor actually goes on to find a property, which, which is understandable. I'm not, I'm not criticizing that. So, so there's a little bit of nuance in in in, in the stats because I'm you know I'm seeing a lot more positivity about estate agents. They're suddenly starting to see their pipelines either hold or increase because the you know the hope list of sales they had where they were waiting for vendors to find they're starting to genuinely throughput now into 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 full fully fully fledged sales and transactions that are closed top and bottom. It's interesting here. There's a um, talking of sales pipeline. These are this is the age total number in terms of units of estate agent sales pipelines, um, and you can quite clearly see this. So on the left hand side is Jan seventeen. Each blue line is September. So so the, on the far right that's September twenty three, September twenty two, September twenty one, and all, and so just to give you a comparison of where the September stand. And you can quite clearly see that our sales pipelines are still higher in the order of around 15 to 20% higher today 
than they were the average in 17, 18 or 19. So again, just bear that in mind. Now, again, a sales pipeline doesn't mean that you actually earn the money. I'm teaching you some cakes here, but at the end of the day, you've got to have it in the pipeline if you've got to earn from it. So I think that's an interesting graph. And I think all of us are very guilty of looking back at the good old days of 20 and 21, where you say, you know, the property market is rubbish. Well, compared to those years in your pipelines, it is. But when you look back at 17, 18 and 19, that is much better, isn't it, Ian? Um, As I say, it's just it's just normal. If 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 you know by this measure, um, perhaps even more optimistic. So, as long as agents can continue through October, you know, have a have a decent result sales wise, you know, get the half you know half decent exchanges out. Cash flow will be good, and cash flow projections will be good. The, the key is is to make sure October's half half decent on the sales front because it will be pretty strong on the exchange front. Well, let's be honest, the fall through rate, which we'll come on to and look at in a second, in Q4 had started with the foot with a 40%. So, um, you know, that meant going into Q1 pipelines and therefore cash flow in late Q1, early Q2 was was really hard for a lot of estate agents. Um, so just to give you an idea, the average price of a property selling is 358. We've got a new graph on that, Ian, to show you. And the number of properties sold, like we said, is 20,596. Now, interestingly, this graph here shows since the start of January 23, the pink line is the average price of a property coming onto the market. Uh, sorry, the pink line is what... Sorry, let me start again. The yellow line is, is the average price of a property coming on the market. The pink line is the average price of a property selling. That doesn't mean that there is a drop between what they come on the market it just means posher houses have a lower propensity to sell. But um, I find it fascinating here. I think, I'm not sure you were on the show a few weeks ago where this has started to grow, but this this uh, anecdotal evidence suggests that a lot of posh houses in London came onto the market in the South and London, which bumped that average up from around 400,000 up to knocking on the door of 480, but she's, she's leveled off slightly. Uh, but interestingly, the pink line, which is the average price of a property selling, has remained pretty stable, hasn't it? Yes, and I think, I mean, taking away some very unusual regional markets that, that, that are micro markets within themselves, London, London or City of London being one, um, I'm not so sure the propensity for a larger house, I'm not so sure I see the propensity for a larger houses to be not selling. I think I see... No, no that's, that's, so just for argument's sake, uh, the proper, let's say, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm making sweeping statements here for the whole UK here, but properties, say, under £300,000 have, at the moment, probably a 65 to 70%. I'm, I haven't got the exact figures, but I'm just rounding it up. Properties under three hundred grand have a, a propensity to sell of around 65%, whilst the houses that are a million plus in the UK have a propensity to sell of nearer 45 to 50 which yeah, means... I think the mechanism for that, though, is not supply and demand. I think the mechanism for that is the bigger houses are more likely to be valued incorrectly. I, 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 I wholeheartedly would believe, would do believe, and, and can see through the stats of the clients that the desire to buy bigger properties is not necessarily the issue, with the exception of some very, very unusual, very high-priced regional markets, very high-priced. Um, you know where those markets are are uh, doing very different things, and then there's no rhythm or rhyme. Um, but I think the issue is is the larger properties tends to be the ones that get overvalued by inexperienced agents and sit unsold. I think if those prices were correct, I think the propensity or the desire to buy would be very strong. 
Um, I just think it's easier to make a mistake on a million pound house than it is on a 300,000 pound house. Um, where we're seeing surgery being done on the big, big properties, um, and by surgery, I mean proper, proper conversations with the owner on the price. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, dropping it from a million to 950. I'm talking about dropping it from a million to 850. The, the, the sales are coming. Um, so I, I, I do believe if an agent is going to get the price wrong, they typically will get it wrong in the higher end because the the tolerance levels to get it wrong are greater and their experience of transacting those properties is typically smaller. They haven't got as much social proof. An interesting point of view, which I must admit does sound about right. So that's probably a rabbit hole we could have a look at. I'll go down and have a look at, you know, might be interesting to look at the upper quartile agents in the UK by region and just see if there's if the more experienced agents have a greater propensity to sell the posher ones. Well, have a, I'll look at that one and report back in a few weeks. Um, fall throughs. So fall throughs this week, uh, 5,392 5, and the fall through rate has dropped 26%. So it's interesting at the start of this week, Zoopla, I've got this new function, which, which, states that um if it's back if the sales fall through it, it comes back as back on the market which i thought was was a, a good feature so agents can't say it's new to the market um interestingly zoopla quoted a figure of 40 percent. i recognized the 40 percent figure last autumn but i don't recognize the 40 percent figure now the average at the moment is 27.2 percent for the for the for the month and the average for the um for the year is 25.66 and their long-term average is 24.2. So I don't recognize the 40% uh, figure. Um, yeah, I mean, that's quite normal. I mean, a fall through rate of 26%, I think we'd all take that, wouldn't we? I mean, notice she's been drifting off slightly, which is nice. Yeah, and we're obviously we're starting to see a price war within the fixed rate money as well, where, where the banks rushed out to borrow a load in a panic when the interest rate started going up after the October um, budget. Um, and they've got that money sat, you know, they have to lend it. Otherwise, they, they themselves end up in, in fiscal problems. So um, the true cost of borrowing, forget the headline rate, has definitely reduced. My own son's in the middle of buying a property and the mortgage rate on his mortgage offer. I don't know how he did. I don't know what deal he did, but he, he had a deal that was if the rates changed, he would get the benefit of it downwards, but not upwards. And he got 0.35 reduction yesterday and he hasn't exchanged yet. So. I, I suspect that will start to fuel, you know, people returning to the market along with choice of properties, along with correctly priced properties, and along with now a slightly uh, downward trend on the actual cost of borrowing. Forget the headline rate. I know that remains the same. We may even see another interest rate increase. Um, there's been a big drop in fuel price. I know there was a big spike, but they, they, they've eased back off now in terms of the inflationary pressures that brings. So I largely suspect that we'll be in a market now that will be in flux. But I don't think you'll see the huge spikes in abortives or fallen through sales. Um, and, you know, that will help with the net figure. Okay. Um, Let's move on and look at talking of net sales. So, again, net sales, um, just for anyone that hasn't watched the show before, we take the number of gross sales this week and we re- and we take off the number of fall-throughs. Remember, a fall-through has come from the sales pipeline. So the fourth, the property might have been in the pipeline for weeks or days. It doesn't matter. It's just net sales is gross sales for the week, less net, net less fall throughs. Um, 
interestingly this week so this is a particular graph which i know an awful lot of the um, bosses of a lot big agents particularly like um and we're looking at the number of net sales year to date and we're on 673 now this is this is this is pretty important ian um 90.5 percent of the 17 18 and 19 average i can't stress the importance of that because that number has been dropping for the last 10 weeks. She started at 93 and she's been she's been sliced away like a piece of uh, salami. And last week she got to 89.9. This is the first upward lift in 10 weeks. And it's it's not just gone up by 0.1, it's gone up by 0.6. It's going in the right direction. Which I mean, at the end of the day, I, so I, think, I think the graph again, though, if you if you're if you're a business owner or, or a business leader looking at it. If if the transactional volumes, it's good that the the the, the slicing has stopped and, and and we're starting putting slices back on, which is fantastic. Um, let's hope that that is a trend that continues because it's needed. You know, volume of transactions is the single most important thing for the estate agent, not the price. Um, but let's assume we are going to end up with a lower transactional year than than we've we've had in previous years. Even if you remove the COVID years, I think we're going to have a a lowish transactional. Yeah. Well, the yellow, the white line on this graph here is the 17 to 19 average. And as I said, we are under it about 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 9.5%. Yeah, so let's say we, we, we roughly end up with 10% less trans transactions. Let's say we roughly end up with 10% less on the price. Um, that should be telling business owners and business leaders, unless you want to either cut your costs accordingly, you have to charge more for your unit, um, and or, or you have to sell more products to improve your take per sale, i.e. get more mortgages, get more conveyancing, um, sell packs, sell EPCs, whatever it is that, that are the other options. But the single most important thing for agency in the market we're coming into and, and the one that we're, we've been in for a little while is if you are not going to increase your cost of selling a property, i.e. put your fees up, you are going to struggle uh, financially because you, you can't really affect the volume of transactions and you really can't affect the price, you know, what's happening in the price prices that, you know, those those two things are economic cycles that, 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 that are being affected by things far greater than any estate agent can solve. The one thing you can do is make sure that each unit is worth more to you once you've sold it and you can sell more products that the buyer and sellers need at the point that they're working with you. Um, those are really crucial things to maintain the fiscal stability of your business. Absolutely wise words as always, Ian. Ladies and gentlemen, you can see why Ian is a regular contributor to the stat show. Um, these are just some graphs here which show you the net sales and just some other stats that you might want to have a look at. Do remember, all these graphs are available to download. You go to YouTube and look on the YouTube description at the bottom. There's a link. And what I would say to you is this, all the graphs are available. They are not to be used on social media, but but by all means, you can use them on your valuations in, and internally, but also on valuations on a laptop or something to show people vendors, potential vendors and landlords what's happening in the property market. I've got no issue with that whatsoever. Um, interestingly, we've just got some graphs here which talk about the difference between the sale price. We've talked about this earlier on. Um, the, quite quite a big gap here i mean not as big as other years so again something to be aware of are we putting too many bigger houses on the market are we putting the houses on for not they're not selling um again we've already had that discussion haven't we 
Um, and again, price changes as a percentage of listings. That's really high at 77. So that shows that listings are quite good. So price changes are much higher compared to the fact that 42% is the seven-year weekly average. That's not just for week 41. That's for the whole seven years. And gross sales as a percentage of listings. Again, um, with the long-term average is 76. So again, you you would expect to uh, agree in a sale on 76% of the houses you put on the market. You can see in 21, it was 94. Uh, we're on at 67 at the moment, which again is you know lower than the long-term average. So just be aware of that, that you're not... I think, that's an, I think that's an indictment of our industry though, Chris, isn't it? I mean, you know... It, 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 that does mean that one in four times we fail to deliver for our clients. Now, I appreciate some clients change their mind um, and I appreciate there are other factors, but, you know, as an industry, we shouldn't be accepting a one in four failure rate. And that nearly always comes down to either poor marketing, uh, poor people or poor pricing. It, it, all three of the factors that stop you selling a much higher percentage of what you're asked to sell uh, are within your gift to change. That's an indictment of the industry, unfortunately, that we do tend to attract some people, who, you know, whose motivation is getting the listing. They don't really care. I've always said to many estate agents, and I know this is not towards bosses, this is towards the listers. And again, my apologies if this is, if you're a listener and you don't agree with this, then this is not, this message is not for you. But the listers don't care whether they sell a house or not. All they want is the affirmation that someone loves them by getting the listing. Um some new graphs here again um we're not going to spend too long on these but these are available down low but you can quite clearly see this is the number of rental properties by region since 2017 and i thought what was particularly interesting here is this big spike this is london again you know you might not be able to see this and if you're watching this on youtube you might not be able to see this particularly well due to the resolution so again these are available to download but you can quite clearly see here that massive spike that we saw coming out of lockdown one and that really did affect the rental market in london to the point that average rents you know average rents today in inner london are only nine percent higher than they were in 2018 which sounds absolutely weird but we had a map we had a peak up to 18 she she was drifting around then she dropped because of the oversupply and now they've come back up again um, and again, we've got this, this is the same graph with taking London out so you can have a look. And again, there's a slight drifting, but it's not end of the world stuff uh, in terms of supply of properties. And again, um, this, this is an interesting graph, which again, I'm just showing just so for those of you who like your data, uh, the number of new properties coming onto the market each month in blue compared to the average rent being asked um, in um, and that's for the whole of the UK. So those of you who are static geeky people, please have a look at those again. You can use those for your own personal benefit, but not on social media. Um, should we go and look at the regions, Ian? Yeah, indeed. Let's have a look. Okay, so um, green is good and red is bad. Again, you're not going to be able to see this particularly well on YouTube, so please feel free to download these. But you can see here that all the regions tend to be going in the same direction in the fact is that a third line down is price reductions that the and that the uh, you can see here that the yellow lines here are the source of the contracts you know it's not as good as it was in the spring but it isn't bad we're not in the red territories that we had in september so again um not much to see here ladies and gentlemen because simply because of, of the way we're just 
we're at week 41. So feel free to download these. We don't spend too much time on these. Uh, I bet you can't even see these on your screen, can you? I, yeah, I can. I mean, they're they're small, uh, but I can I can just about see, well, I can see the green and the red. Put it that way. I'm not sure. Yes. I, can see the I think that I think the magic thing here, ladies and gentlemen, is this: is that the bottom line is this: is that all the regions seem to be going in roughly the same direction. You can download these stats in high resolution for you to compare to your towns and have a look at accordingly. So um, I think we are there at the. We've done the national. We've had a quick look at the regions. We don't spend too long. We don't go down that rabbit hole. I think what we're going to do now is go to Sutton Coalfield, Ian, to spend the last 15 minutes looking at all the agents in Sutton Coalfield in the Sutton Coalfield Estate Agency Report. Wow, that's, that, that's, that's, that's a great graphic, Chris. Well, we, we we are adding extra value and production value into this, Ian. You know we you like this stuff. So this week we are going, as I said, to Sutton Caulfield. Um, and um, for the purposes of today, we are using the 20EA Insights platform. Um, I'm not paid to use to, uh, to mention 20EA. This platform is available to any estate agent. It is available for free for three postcodes for a period of time. If you go onto their website, you can have it for free. And then if you want more postcodes um, and longer time frames, you have to pay them some shekels. Um, trust me, it's damn good value for money. Um, in my humble opinion, I'm not being paid to say that. So please, as I said, um, go and have a look, see what you think. This is Right Move Plus on steroids with a couple of Sat fives uh, strapped to the backside of it. Right. Okay. So um, for the purposes of the um, certain coal field, we're looking at the postcodes B72 through to B76. Um, and in terms of new instructions, it quite clearly shows that um, we'll just knock the new builds off. Hold on a second. Here we go. That since the 1st of Jan 21, there have been 8,661 properties for sale with an average new instructions at common market at 439. Uh, Sun Coal Field is the uh, po there's two posh bits of outer Birmingham. One is Solihull and one is Sun Coal Field. So first off, we're going to start off with Paul Carr. Now, um, you, Paul Carr's got a market share of 22%, which you've got to admit is quite impressive. Let's look at Acres. So Acres have a market share of 17% on average, but that seems to have been drifting down. Uh, Paul Cars, that is a white line, and I can't, I don't ask me why they, they use white on white, um, but we'll get that sorted out. Um, that was, this, this is the new website, so they've obviously put white on white. So um, Green and Co., okay, they're bumbling along. We'll ignore HomeWise because uh, they repurpose stock and put them on a retirement mortgages, so you, you can take those with a pinch of salt. Hunters, their market share seems to be dropping from uh, Purple Bricks, dropping Connell's bumbling along quite nicely at three percent chosen home they're growing um Bill Tandy's bumbling along nicely at two and Ashton Knowles again around two it's a shame that Paul Carr it's a white figure here um I don't know why that that must be a glitch in the system we'll get 28 to change the coloring on that one um Interestingly, let's just have a look and see who the average, which agents seem to be the posh agents. So the average price is, and Ian, just jump in at any time because I will just keep rocketing through, ra yeah, through yeah. this. 
Yeah. Okay, so um, let's look at Green and Co. They seem to be cheaper, the cheaper agents. Um, Hunters four three one purple bricks. Okay, so this, there doesn't seem to be an upper quartile agent um, in the top ten. Let's have a look. So we'll go for upper quartile. We'll let's have a look. We'll go for there. We go upper quartile. We'll take that at 600 and above because that is just around the quarter mark. And it obviously sees here that Acres are the biggest estate agent. They tend to be the upper quartile agent here. And then Paul Carr. Again, good to see Paul Carr in that one. Um, we'll come on to talk about sales ratios, but listings ratios in a second. Um, interestingly, uh, let's just go back. There we go. Um was a big, that was a lot of properties coming on the market. I think that must be HomeWise. Let's just take HomeWise out because we can exclude that. I bet you that is HomeWise, that one there, uh, because um, of the HomeWise way... HomeWise will double up probably Paul Carl's stock by the look of it in terms of they've obviously done a deal with them and or somebody in that area and, and therefore everything's just duplicated, isn't it? It is. So we have to take that with a slight pinch of salt. But I think what is particularly interesting is let's just have a quick look at... Um, and we'll, let's move on and look at stock levels. Um, and again, HomeWise, HomeWise has, you can see that was that lump, that that big lump in June. So that pushes the the stock levels up. That that accentuates the stock levels. I don't think that is tr the true level of stock levels. So if we're looking in May, yeah, I think May is the truer price, a truer month. Nine hundred and seventeen properties on the market in May twenty one. 840 in May 22 and 1,296. So there's a lot more properties coming on the mark on the market today in the spring. And again, if we can take those um home Which is a fairly similar pattern to, to you know what we've seen in most in most other areas. Uh the, the key is is turning that stock into movers. Indeed, indeed it is. Um, let's move on and look at some more important data because, again, it's all very good putting the house on the market. It's whether you can sell it or not. And we can quite, let's just get rid of HomeWise, so we'll exclude that a second. So, at the moment, we can see quite clearly see here that Paul, so most agents will look at new instructions and their new instructions market share. This is for the last 12 months. And they'll look at their sold to contract ratio, but the magic is in the exchange and withdraws because if an agent uh, puts a house on the market, the only way it will leave the agent's book is if she exchanges or withdraws. Now, I just want to give a massive round of applause for Paul Carl because their exchange ratio is 61%. Now, normally the biggest estate agent has one of the is really tough to have the highest exchange rate in the top 10 and you can quite clearly see here that Paul Carr's are doing an absolutely fantastic job here. Uh, when you consider that Green & Co are at 54, Acres at 55, Hunters at 43, that isn't like Hunters, normally they are much higher than that. Connell's at 52, Chosen Home at, um, at, at 66, Ashton Knowles at 37. There's a huge band there, isn't there? I mean, nor quite often that they're, they're much tighter than that. Does that surprise you, Ian? Um, it surprises me that the volume agent is also the one with the biggest throughput. I mean, that that's not normally very, you know, the, the agent that lists the most, sells the most, doesn't necessarily have the, the most efficient uh, ratio of instructions to exchanges, which it would appear that Paul Carr um, does. I mean, the, the, the abortive numbers obviously make you make you cry there. You know, you look at that and think about all that lost revenue. Um, 
But if he, he, but at least he's put if he's putting it back on the market and selling it, that's great, news, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. But I mean, ultimately, it's it's a cash flow thing, isn't it? If you if you sell a house today, twelve weeks later it falls through, and you sell it again, um, it, it, it's great. It's better than not selling it again. But it, but it just defers the uh, defers the reward for your efforts coming coming in uh, financially. But but it's the market's pretty straightforward. This looks like a fairly normal place. Um, <laughs> Highly populated, um, lots of stock, lots of agents contesting, and, and and a massive difference between the top and the bottom. I mean, you know, purple bricks. If 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 you were competing with purple bricks, this graph alone would give you the ammunition to make sure you never lost an instruction to them because um, they're having to reduce high levels of their stock to get it sold. Um, and I would imagine that's driven by the owners reducing their stock through lack of lack of communication. I know that's a bit anti-purple bricks, but you know that that's how that looks but um okay. well it's a 74 percent. that's quite high actually this graph here i think is quite is particularly interesting is that there are ignore home wise because we, we got to ignore them with a, we have to ignore those uh because that that's one of those agents which by the looks of it i definitely it is looks like it's paul car or or green and co but look how look at the gap between the smaller agents who are listing a hundred, you know, hundred, hundred and fifty house, you know, around that hundred mark, and look at that massive gap there up to Paul Carr, Green, and Cohen Acres. They almost own the town, don't they? Interesting. Ashton Knowles are the obviously look like the posh agent in um, in, in in Sutton Coalfield, hence why their saleability rate, exchange rate, is lower. But if you recall back in the show, Ian says that that is, you take, we have to take that with a pinch of salt. If we just press, do this plus this pray here, we can see what's happened. So it looks like both Acres and Paul Carr have increased their market share. But uh, Acres, here we go, but Green and Co have gone backwards. And that actually, you can see here, the number of listings for the last 12 months is 27.7% more than it was for the the same 12 months the year before. So that's um, 27% more listings between October 22 and October 23 than October 21 and October 22. The number of online uh, agent uh, homeowners that use online agents is 4.87%, which is lower than the national average of 5.32. Um, but again, I just want to say well done to Paul Carr for having such a cracking exchange rate. And again, everyone else... Uh, fascinating that it looks like it's a three three horse town there and again big well done but again what are you doing at green and co and acres Your stats chris tend to show um that that's pretty much the case that you know any any town has three maybe four players yeah but but oh. i've never i've never we've been doing it this is week 41 we started doing this at like weeks five i have never seen such a huge gap like there's three runaway that yeah, is massive. Okay. I, in, in my head, in my head, I would have said that that would have been what I would have expected to see, which are three or four runaway. The gap between there is no doubt that the gap between the agents that do it right, they've got the right values, they've got the right uh, training, the right processes. That you know, they just do it right. They're good estate agents, and they can tackle different climates, different markets, diff different challenges. I think the gap between those top three or four in any town and the rest is massively growing. Um, I, I I think you're seeing this breakaway. I think I think the best are getting better, and I think the mediocre are getting are getting worse. Um, to the point where you'd have to you'd have to question the sustainability of some of it. 
Well, you, you've always you've been saying that throughout the year, and actually the stats do back that up, Ian. So again, it's the reason why we get you on this show. So again, let's just move on. Um, let's look at what agents are actually achieving for their houses. And again, let's get rid of HomeWise because we have to take those with a pinch of salt. Okay, so we can quite clearly see here that Paul Carr, in terms of our putting their, the average price of a property they're putting the house on the market for is 4.97% more than what uh, 28 think the house is worth when it came onto the market. Yet they are only achieved that yet they're being only not minus 1.45, which means on average, Paul Carr are getting more for their vendors than Green and Cohen Acres, according to these stats. The way this works, if you know, is that you they they look at the average price of a property coming on the market, and then look at what they think it's worth, and that's what that column there is. So that's the original asking price versus what they think the house is worth on the, their automated valuation model, and then the, this column here, price achieved, is what was the price achieved from the original asking price. So that quite clearly shows that Paul Carr, and this is really rare again, so I don't know what Paul Carr are doing in certain coalfield, but they are overcooking their valuations, but they're getting them. So there, that is, again, not normal. We need to just analyse that statement. They're not overcooking their valuations. They can't be. You know, you can't. That they are valuing more correctly, regardless of other other people's views or any automatic valuation tool and what it thinks it's worth. They just know how to value their stock, um, and they're achieving they're achieving it on behalf of their owners, which is, um, you know, they're they're not selling it for more than it's worth. They're selling it for what they believe. Okay, I'll, I'll let me rephrase that. So remember, the automated valuation model, is, you know, it's a level playing field, whether you agree with the AVM model or not. But the bottom line is the same AVMs are being applied to Paul Carr's properties as are Green and Co's, as are Acres. And it can quite clearly be seen here that Paul Carr are putting it on at a higher price than what the AVM is, yet they are achieving it. Now, you could say, well, the AVM is wrong. Well, the AVM is wrong for the other two as well. So it obviously shows that Paul Carr must be doing something really good because they've got a good exchange ratio as well, haven't they? I'm, I'm guessing he's got a good story to tell when he's sat in front of the client. He is the market leader. He lists more, he sells more, he's getting better prices. I would imagine he charges more. At least I hope he would with, with that level of strength in depth. Um, but the... You know, he, he may be in a slightly different sector in the market uh, price-wise. It certainly looks like he's a middle-priced middle, middle -priced agent. He's a middle-priced agent, yeah. Um, you know, where the volume is. Um, and, and he's in a middle-priced market. You know, so he's 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 the perfect avatar for the perfect seller. You know, they fit. There's a hand-in-glove situation going on. He does the job. Indeed. Right, let's move on. This is how, how long agents take to sell the house and how long they take to get through to completion. So... Um, in Sutton Coalfield in the last year, the, it took on average 68 days to find a buyer and then 133 days to get it from sale agreed to completion. And you can quite clearly see here that in terms of the agents that, that move the quickest, Bill Tandy uh, is the quickest selling. Again, there's um, a Paul Carr at 76. Um, and then the number, so again, you will just was through these. You can see here how long each agent takes to to get a sell through to completion, and then you add the two together. So ultimately, if you want to sell quickly, it's Wilkins and Agent Wilkins, and the slowest is in the top 10 is Connells and Purple Bricks. Interesting. We'll just spend a minute or so looking at the lettings. Again, just interesting to have a look at who the main players are. 
Man, lettings has been a really tricky market. So, we're, you know, we're just seeing what market share there is here in terms of the new properties coming onto the market. Um, and again, open rent at number four, which is quite low. Um, compared, normally, open rent is number one. Um, so Anderson and Green & Co. and John Shepherd, all big, you know, that is quite rare to have open rent at number four. So a good mix of rental agents there, certainly. Um, anything you want to say on this before we move on and talk about, um, well. No, I, th I think, I mean, the letting market has got far more nuances in it. Um, you know, obviously the, the methodology of attracting landlords is different because they're often hidden. Um, the, the, the landlord space is shrinking. You know, there are landlords, there are probably more landlords leaving the space than new ones come, not probably, there are more landlords leaving the space than coming in. So again, you need to look at your service, your charges, and you need to take a bigger piece of the pie. But um, I, I, I think, uh, you know, if you are an established letting agent and you've already got it, um, my advice would be do it seriously, take it seriously and do it properly and don't have it as an add-on because I think it would just be an expensive add-on and a drain on resources. If it's if it's the real thing, then you can grow it and it will provide you with a nice exit strategy somewhere along the line. Okay. Uh, final thoughts before we go. I think the final thoughts, as you say, it's a, it's, you, you feel like you're sort of a bit of an old record, so apologies, but, but it is steady as she goes. The market is, you know, if, if you want to compare it to either the horizon or the ridiculous years, then, then you're going to be disappointed. But if you look at it and analyse it and compare it to normality it is normal um and 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 that normal is becoming more and more uh more and more easy to attack because more and more people are getting the picture which is it's a price centric market where you have to market it properly you've got to get on the phones to get people around to have a look at it you've got to do a state agency um and the more people that are doing that estate agency piece the better it is for our industry reputation and you'll see those throughputs of sale uh, listings to exchanges creeping up um and that's what we all want really we want higher standards and we want we want those exchanges to creep up the real cost of borrowing is coming down um in many ways i think christmas is in the way i think christmas is actually in the way of a potentially reasonably strong period of sales i think it's it feels that christmas is going to come a little bit early and it's going to disrupt the the return to growth in transactional volumes um that frustrates me um but in the same breath guys fill your drawers get them marketed properly and whatever you've got left in the new year come out the traps selling you know fast because you're going to have cash flow issues around april may if you don't ian thank you again for your insight as always brilliant brilliant thoughts but more importantly thank you for watching this and we'll see you next week for the next uk property market stat show excellent